All right, we're back for another ship chasing main event mini-sode where we break down our decisions when we're on the clock. Sometimes we're not on the clock, like the last episode where we had to record it on the fact uh, or uh, after the fact. But guess what, fellas? We are literally on the clock, and not only are we OTC, we are running <laughs> wire. We have 17 minutes left to make this pick, and just to prove it to the people, I will screen share the draft applet. 17 minutes, guys. Our team so far here, we have seven wide receivers, A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb, Debo Samuel, D.K. Metcalf, Brandon Ayuk, Deontay Johnson, Jordan Addison, our one running back, James Cook, and we are now on the clock here, and we got some interesting decisions as far as if we want to approach this from a running back, a tight end perspective, maybe some quarterbacks in play. I think we all agree, looking at who's available at wide receiver, this is not a wide receiver pick after what we've done to start this draft. It is not, No. I'll be impressed if we can finish this in 17 minutes and not auto draft for the second straight pick. <laughs> I, I refuse to let that happen. Um, so, I, you know, we, we had floated the idea of like, there are some interesting quarterback names. I still am not feeling compelled to use one of these picks on quarterback. You got Dak Prescott, Tua, Kirk, Daniel Jones, Rogers, Geno, Goff, Wilson, all still available. To me, this feels like running back, running back or running back tight end kind of a, a turn to me. Yeah, there's I, a few I would quarter- note, Go just, just on the quarterback thing, I would note the only quarterbacks with an ADP below 132, which is we pick at 131, mm-hmm. would be our 11th or you know our 11th round pick. Um, the only quarterbacks with an AP higher than that are Dak Prescott at 113 and a half, Tua Tung, you know, Tua at 120. I don't know. Why I said try to say his last name. 128 and a half for Kirk. So yeah. I th- like those three are even that much more appealing than the other guys. I think we just push. We it. we do have stacks on Dak and Kirk. If for some reason either of them fell, like you know, we might be able to get a discount. We also have a stack potential on Gino, and then double stack potential on Purdy even late. I mean, like we have options at quarterback. I think when we look at our receivers, we obviously don't have to Daniel stack Jones might either. run a little bit. Like yeah. the only guy yeah. I manage you want to stack him with is Waller, and it's fine to do without. So I, I think we have plenty of options. Plus, there's later guys too. Mm-hmm. So if we rule out wide receiver, we rule out quarterback. Um, we can start to hone in on tight end and uh, running back. The two names that jump out to me at tight end, and I feel comfortable talking about these guys because I don't think they're going to come all the way back around to us in the 11th would be Dalton Schultz and Greg Dolchich. And then running backs here, <laughs> um, you know, Charbonnet, Brian Robinson, and Khalil Herbert are the three at the top of the queue. Um, I am interested in all of those guys to certain degrees. Is there any other names that you guys would float that you don't think would be available to us when we pick it? Yeah, that's a, that would be interesting here. That's the really tricky part. I think we're not really we're in a spot here where for me, this is the start of a new running back tier. That if you look at the last round, the guys that just went off the board, Rashad Penny was the last running back. I think I've made my love for him pretty clear. Devon A. Chain, AJ Dillon, yeah. Samaj P. Ryan, Isaiah Pacheco even went in this ninth round at the, at the front of it. Those are the running backs that have gone in this round. Antonio Gibson was the last one in the eighth. So that's the tier that like I love to hit. We didn't get a chance to hit that. Um the guy that in this group that has kind of fallen a little bit in ADP on all formats, but I think fits in that tier actually is Damian Harris. I've been pretty high on him as well, but we already took we already James Cook, Cook. Yeah. So he's the guy that I like the most here. And then I honestly, I think the next one, if I was just ranking purely might be Jalen Warren, who's way down there. His ADP is 127. As Patrick's mentioned, we get on the clock again at 132, right? 131. So it's like, 
but it's worth taking yeah. here. Yeah, and I so. I like Warren a lot, but I don't. I mean, I think it's a little unfair to Brian Robinson to say he's not in the same tier as Antonio Gibson, given that he might be the starter over Gibson. So, but I don't really feel like pounding the table for Brian Robinson either in this managed league yeah. PPR format. Like, I take a lot of him in best ball. I don't think he's particularly exciting. The commanders don't have a good offensive line. He's going to be more of a two-down guy. That's the big issue for me in, in the difference in tiers. 205 carries, 12 targets. Yeah. Really trappy and, and that's probably not going to change a ton. Yeah. Um, I think Charbonnet's kind of interesting, but you know, it's tough to want to take him right here given that he has an injury that's going to keep him out indefinitely. Uh <clears throat> I the guy I, I'm probably like would be saddest to lose on this turn would be Dulcich. It's it, it's the guy where like if I can envision someone being like, thank God we took this guy, right? You get Sean Payton. He certainly knows how to use a field stretching tight end. Some of Dul- what Dulcich did last year is impressive. Some wasn't that impressive. It was a bit of a hit or miss rookie campaign, but you know he wasn't bad in a lot of stuff that I look at, and you know he had that high eight out that we were looking for, which is nice. Um, he got targeted at a decent rate, and you know Tim Patrick going out could help him a little bit as like a red zone presence. And I think compared to a guy like Schultz, you know he doesn't have a rookie quarterback. He's got a quarterback who has a theoretical ceiling. <laughs> well, he could be. Yeah, I mean that's the thing with us. It's a bit. It's a bit of a range of outcomes. It's a wider range of outcomes, but I but I like that, you know, that we, we do. I think we get access to a little more ceiling with Dulcich compared to Schultz, but you're, you're probably taking one more risk because Russ might be washed. Pete, you like Charbonnet, right, as we kind of did a little bit of chatting, and I was coming around to that. So this is interesting, Pat. So well, do you have a case for Charbonnet? Do I or do Pete? No, Pete. I was asking Pete. Oh, sorry. So the, here's my thing. I, I I agree with Pat that Dolchich of all these guys is the guy I least want to miss out on, which has me leaning to prioritize that and then seeing oh. what the room gives us at running back. The reason I am not just saying let's windmill it in on Charbonnet is just knowing that drafters are very spooked right now and that cheap prices could potentially be coming on him. He also, I think, even without this injury tag, is probably not a fast start running back, right? He is a late season play. Like that's why you're drafting Charbonnet because we know if Walker goes down, like he's going to be a league winning running back at this, at this pick. And so to me, like if we are trying to look for a little bit more fast start production at running back, the guy I'm kind of gravitating to a little bit is Khalil Herbert. I think he pairs like pretty nicely with a James Cook as far as this like true punt zero RB build where we could get shut out on a lot of other targets by the time we come back around. So it has me like weighing the pros and cons of like really massive late season upside versus making sure we don't get buried early. But then that has me coming back to do we take the tight end here and then see what the room gives us with these running backs. Do you guys have you guys you guys both are more plugged into news than I am. Have you guys heard much about the bears order of running backs early in camp at all it's herbert and foreman with the ones and roshan's nursing an injury okay which i think is more of a recent development but but it would going in they like roshan from everything yeah. i've heard but it was still herbert and foreman splitting reps with the ones and we know it's going to be a committee but both guys are, are very efficient rushers and there's going to be plenty of rushing attempts and it's going to be an efficient rushing attack because you have to account yeah. for justin fields design runs Exactly. 
period. So, I mean, I, I like Herbert <clears throat> plenty. I don't love him, but like, I, like, I guess if we got Dulcich and then one of Charbonnet, Herbert, and to me, Brian Robinson, but you know, we could, we could have that if that's sort of worst case scenario, probably because I don't love Robinson, but I'm fine. I'm personally very fine with that. Also, if we just want to do a teeny bit of profiling for the guy on the turn, he was a little hard to read early on. He has committed to wide receiver here after getting two running backs and a tight end early. He's gone Mike Williams, Mike Evans, Brandon Cooks, Michael Thomas. Um, I think he could certainly be in the mix for a running back here. I guess it wouldn't shock me to see him do another tight end just because drafters like taking tight ends. I would guess he's he's definitely live to take a running back with one of these two picks. If you I want to be surprised, him. Him. <clears throat> if you want to profile him, I you look at the Chubb and Mixon picks. You look at Evans, Cooks, Thomas, Waller. It's a lot of guys that have that are sort of veterans. He, I think he's not comfortable, or he's fully comfortable taking guys that might be a little bit over the hill, kind of. Yeah. I, do you think he's gonna look past Dalton Schultz and go three names down to Greg Dulcich? I feel like he profiles I, probably as a, not. If he's going probably tight end. Not. He's going Schultz. The issue is that if we were to go Charbonnet, for example, and then he went Herbert Dulcich, I'd be—I guess we'd go Schultz, but I'd be pretty devastated. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I mean, he does not look like a guy who's clicking on Zach Charbonnet with a Q tag next to his name, who's a rookie. That I feel pretty confident profiling yeah. him. I think if he takes a running back, his most likely is honestly probably Brian Robinson. Just if we are trying to profile, I think he's a Schultz Robinson drafter. Yeah, that would be fine by me. Right. <laughs> I hope he's. I hope you guys are right. So I, I, I think I would probably still take Schultz over Dulcich, but I think they're very close, and I'm definitely comfortable leaning towards that with you guys. Um, sort of to break the the tight end decision. To me, I, I think the Herbert case was pretty strong too. I'm I'm pretty undecided. This is not a a, a bunch of targets that I like. I'm I'm very comfortable. If you guys have strong leans, I I. We had a really loose conversation earlier, Pete, and you mentioned Charbonnet, and I kind of said that I, I've been kind of out on him, but I thought about him a little bit in the like as we were setting the time for this recording. Thought about him in the time up until now, and came around to it a little bit. I mean, he has a good three down profile. We know he catches passes. Um, what is this I mean, injury though? The injury sucks for sure, but in terms of Pete was saying one of the one of the benefits he, you mentioned uh, in the chat, Pete was. We'll know when we want to start him, or we will know not to. Basically, like the idea is, he's you know sort of a handcuff that um, could have some really strong upside and, and build some ceiling into a zero RB room that, frankly, will need it. One of the issues with Herbert might be that we might actually like taking Deontay Foreman later. We're running into that with James Cook and, and Damian Harris right now, or Roshan, right? And so you, yeah. you already make your decision on the Chicago backfield right, with, the, right. with the most expensive. Um, so I think my ideal now, talk, like listening to your guys' hype about Dulcich is is Dulcich Charbonnet. But I think you're probably mm -hmm. right that they probably doesn't take him on the turn. Yeah, just to read, the here's the quote um, from Carol about Charbonnet. It's a shoulder. It says, said the team isn't sure how he hurt his shoulder and will need to determine how long he'll miss. Carol said, it's just kind of crept up on him, really. He didn't get hit or anything like that. Just all of a sudden, he started to feel something. So we're just checking him out and being really cautious right now. So that could either be extremely minor or like very bad. Pete Carroll, like, right. I never, you, you can't even, it's almost like reading the quote is like, like yeah. none of that. That could have been anything. <laughs> that could have meant anything. 
And my thing, one thing I will just say like macro that has been kind of a theme for us, I think in these drafts, in this first draft is we haven't really approached it as like, this is our only draft. Let's like go get our guys. And like, we've been pretty conscious of, we're going to have better spots to get Kyle Pitts at ADP. We're going to have better spots on the certain sides of the draft board and in certain rooms to get those guys. To me, I do wonder like, are there going to be better spots to get Charbonnet? And I'm not even ruling him out at 1002. I still like him there, but it does make me think, should we get Dolchich here? It seems like that's the, like the one guy we don't want to miss out on the most. And then, you know, yeah. we could have the Charbonnet versus Herbert conversation. It sounds like you guys are in agreement on that. I'm definitely not going to like be the, I mean, I, I would still be outvoted, <laughs> but I'm not going to, I'm not going to be the, the vetoer. I'm not going to do a Pat Evan Ingram. I'm not going to do a Pat right here. So yeah. Yeah. Greg, just to clarify, if you were just drafting here completely by yourself, it sounds like you would select Schultz or who would you take? That's a really good question. I don't like the decision here and I don't have a clean answer. And I've basically been like, planning to lean on you guys. <laughs> um, I, I like Dolchich I think, a lot here. I think he's kind of similar to the Fryermuth bet in a lot of ways that we were kind of like bummed to miss out on, where we do have a, a guy who could legitimately have a top five, top six season at the position in this format. Yeah, after talking through it, I think, you know, if I could make that decision right now, I think I would be Dolchich. Mm -hmm. Again, a big reason why I came around Charbonnet today as well was I didn't feel like, I had a good alternative. Like we, that's, that's one of the things Pete, you do a good job of refocusing me sometimes when I'm like out on a player, you're like, well, what's the other, what, you know, who's the other player we're going to take? Like when we, when we're doing 30 second clock sign underdog and often I'm like, ah, I don't really have anything. I'm just arguing against a guy. Like I don't really have a yeah. good alternative. I just don't like the pick. I kind of yeah. feel that way about everything on our board. I would want to take Damon Harris, but I wouldn't take him because of James. Brown. Right. Right. Yep. So I don't really have a strong answer to that question. All right, you guys down to do Dolchich? Let's do it. I am. He comes with yeah. a little bit of risk, but I do. I, I agree. I think he's not that different from the Friermuth bet. It's a breakout tight end bet. Honestly, the offense could be a lot more fun if things break our way. Could also oh, be think. a disaster again. It also alleviate, and it's kind of Pat used the word um, layering these guys in the running backs, tight ends, quarterbacks. It does alleviate just a teeny bit of pressure of like a running back, running back. Uh, pick for us here to where like if there's a big run on tight ends and we start to be like man we're in like true punt territory here like I like that with James Cook and Greg Dolchich if you squint you can see like really high end outcomes for these guys as opposed to just getting some volume just filling a positional need like I I can squint and see like really massive breakout seasons for these guys for sure and then like we have some wide receiver production I'm I think. You know? <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I think so. we I think we found some. <laughs> we took seven <laughs> steps at it. I hope so. Yeah. Um, so we uh let me go back. I'll, I'll recap this team here for everyone. Uh, we're joking about our wide receiver production because we have seven through nine rounds. AJ Brown, CD Lamb, Debo Samuel, DK Metcalf, Brandon Ayuk, Deontay Johnson, Jordan Addison, and then we got our first running back, James Cook, in the seventh, and then our first tight end, Greg Dolchich here in the ninth. So it does seem like our decision here. I mean, would you guys consider Schultz if he comes back? Or do you think, I think structurally Herbert or Charbonnet still make the most sense for us? I was floating the idea of a tight end double tap here. I do think Schultz and, and Dulcich kind of are an interesting duo in the sense of you guys are talking about how Dulcich comes with some risk, but has some breakout scenarios. And I do agree with that 
sort of take on him. I can see scenarios where he's kind of unplayable. Schultz to me is going to get plenty of routes and, and he'd at least be like a floor tight end play in tight end premium. Not really that exciting breakout scenarios. Uh, so you're like, okay, if Dulcich really hits, you're playing him. If not, you know, at least you have a tight end to play. But I, I think I'm with you. We pushed running back long enough. It's a really true zero RB build. I mean, we took our first running back in the seventh, but it's seven eleven. I mean, we took, and and now we're here. You know, we're going to be in the tenth before we take our RB two. You you get to a place where there's not a lot of um, running backs left. I mean, we're, we're going to have a hard time. We can still build it out, but we're going to have a hard time getting. A lot of early season points. I think prioritizing that yeah. might be the move. We could end up in a situation because people don't stop. This is the thing we always have to like remind ourselves when we go back to to FFPC. It's that the the people do not stop. Like this guy out of the one hole is not done taking running backs. He's going to go back to the running back position later. And so mm-hmm. the you know like the six hole right. He's taken four already. He probably takes some more. So. We're going to end up seeing the next tier go pretty quickly. The next tier after that go pretty quickly. And all of a sudden, we're down to like true, true scratch off guys, you know, the CEH tier where it's like, ah, oh, I don't even know. You <laughs> know, or we, we maybe throw in like a Pierre Strong type of type of situation. So I could actually yeah, see you saw like, that between our last two picks where we were debating Connor and Dalvin Cook as fallers who are, are sort of a tier up from the Gibson. You know, P. Ryan, A.J. Dillon tier, but that whole tier got wiped along. You know, Connor and Dalvin Cook went in the three picks right after us, and that whole tier I mentioned at the top of this minisode all went as well. Six more running backs go. Yep. You, you just yep. blow through a whole tier between when you're on the turn. Like we weren't even really thinking about reaching on the Gibson or or Rashad Pennies, but we didn't get a chance to draft them the next time around either. So one one other point <laughs> I want to make about Dolchich too is I legitimately think he's going to be a riser um post this Tim Patrick news. I don't think it's fully taken yet, but I do really think Marvin Mims and Dolchich are going to be the guys that end up moving up the most relative to their current ADPs and I I think even <clears throat> in the tight end premium format like it would not shock me if Dolchich ends up you know, much closer like the Njoku and Ingram as people kind of convince themselves on him being like one of the biggest beneficiaries. I mean, you really remove the other main, what, big bodied red zone guy. I mean, like Sutton is a big dude, but they've like never used him as like scheming fades for him around yeah. the red zone He's and stuff like downfield guy. Yeah. Dolchich, I think could have like a really locked in red zone role. I think that's a good point. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, in KJ Hamler uh, got cut as well. So yeah, you know, open yep. opened up a lot of routes there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Uh, in the early offseason, I viewed him pretty similarly to Frymouth. Like I had Frymouth yeah. ahead, but I was like pretty interested in Dulcich in that range. And then Sean Payton didn't appear to know who he was. <laughs> um, but his since learned who he was, said a bunch of positive things, recently roasted Nathaniel Hackett. I think partly because he was like, I couldn't even like get a sense of like who this Greg Dulcich kid was. I thought that quote was bullish for Dulcich. Me too. The offense was so bad. I didn't even know how he was using these guys. Yes. I think that's great for Dulcich. Like, yeah. So now I'm, and then with the Patrick injury, like I'm starting to feel like he is, he belongs with this previous tier of tight ends. Like he's kind of the last of that tier. Maybe you could say Schultz is in that tier too, but you know, I, I like getting him here and I think he gives us, he gives us access to a ceiling that we I, really I, shouldn't have access to at this price. 
Right. I agree with that. The The point you guys both made that really bought, sold me on it is the ceiling outcome. I talked a little bit about Schultz being more of a four play. And then just for this build, uh, I, I don't think – I mean, there's no way we would play both tight ends. We're never flexing a tight end. We took seven. Right, that's the other thing, yeah. Rounds. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, at this point, RB2 fills a starting spot, and there's something to be said about we need to start scratching off some starting spots, right? Yeah, Yeah. like the, the most sensible way to play this is probably grab an RB2, probably double tap RB on the next turn, you know, and then maybe try to layer in some, some tight, some tight yes. end dart throws. And, and there's routes to be like, had back there. Yeah. Yeah. If Dulcich fails, we're going to need to, to find a replacement for him. And so yeah. we can take some priority stabs at that. Um, but the Schultz profile is what I mean. The routes pro like high routes profile. There are routes like, like Hunter Henry is the first one that comes to mind. Yeah. We, Hunter Henry. We're, we're going to get routes. Accomplish the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, so let's just cool. just because we probably won't do uh well we definitely won't do another mini sode when we're on the clock at 10-2. So let's we got a few more minutes to kind of like hash out the Charbonnet versus Herbert. It sounds like if one of those guys goes, we feel pretty good about taking the other. If both are available, they are very different picks in my yeah. mind as far as kind of like what they offer where as much as I like Herbert, as much as I think he gets off to a fast start, I do think you could see Roshan really starting to chip away at his playing time down the stretch that said you can make the case like let's just get some early season running back production make sure we get to use all this wide receiver firepower and we'll we'll piece it together as we go does herbert belong this far ahead of deontay foreman not roshan but specifically foreman I've, it's a question i've thought about for most of the offseason and now that they're splitting first team reps like shouldn't they be pretty close in adp I mean, it's a good, it's honestly a really good question. Foreman's been so efficient. Um, he was great last year. He was really good the year before. Uh, Herbert's been awesome too. But I don't know. I mean, for me, I was like, well, Herbert I know is going to have a role. So right. I, I'm I'm happy to take him even though I have to pay up. But, yeah, Foreman looks like he's going to have a role now too. I guess that you'd probably – like Roshan would be more likely to displace Foreman of the two, but – I, that's probably decided out on the field, you know? So yeah, yeah, right. it's, it, it is a little bit of a, at this point it's probably too much of a premium. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's tough with the, because like I said, with this Charbonnet stuff, right? Like it could, it could swing wildly The, the for the Charbonnet injury is I think much worse from an ADP perspective than if all of us, uh, we're completely good to go, you know, like, Hey, there's no issue. He's back at practice. Like, I don't even think he moves up a ton, right? Like he's still like, he's going to go where a chain and AJ and Penny just went here, you know? And so that's where I'm kind of wondering as much as I like him, I, again, just from like the portfolio, the ADP, the market perspective, it's just like, you could get really bad closing line value on him and not get that big of a win, even if everything is okay. That's a good point too. Yeah, it does feel like more downside than upside as far as the injury stuff goes. But, I mean, I also really do like him as a selection. I do, too. If that he's healthy. Great. Can I talk you guys into reaching on Jalen Warren by, like, 15 picks of ADP? Because <laughs> um, I feel like we have some concerns about Herbert and Charbonnet. Yeah, you could you could talk me into it. Yeah, you, you could. could one, you could one hundred percent talk me into it. He's Just, not coming I, back. I want to hear the argument. 
but yeah but just know and i'm this listening is what, <laughs> just to and again not that this is the end all be all but like warren goes in the same running back yeah. tier range as herbert in underdog charbonnet goes in a tier ahead of him or at least he did before he did, his yeah. injury but now you could argue that charbonnet sliding back and these guys are all in a very similar tight adp range i don't think it's crazy i think Doesn't i still warren- prefer, prefer those other guys but he's he's definitely in the mix doesn't Warren kind of have to finish ahead of like McKinnon and Jamal Williams, or is that not going to happen on on FFPC? Does that not happen in Underdog? I wouldn't finish ahead. In terms of ADP, I guess Ward goes after him on Underdog. Yeah, um, he's in that mix. I I take Warren ahead of Jamal Williams a fair too. amount, That's but he I but I think he's behind in ADP. But I could see that flipping very quickly because I think Miller's coming for for Williams in ADP and in real life. Mm-hmm. The case on Warren, if, if there's like, you know, a case to actually be made, just, I mean, he has size. He's 5'8, 215. He's a big, big people dude don't, for a 5'8. I, maybe people know that now because I feel like everyone says it because people didn't know it, but I think it's worth reiterating. Warren is not small. He's not small. Yeah. He's like Austin Eckler, reminiscent, at least to me. Not the, not the same athlete. Austin Eckler was, you know, a, a total workout warrior. But then last year, 4.9 yards per attempt. Certainly. Got the advantage of running against lighter boxes than Najee Harris because he's you know more of a passing down back, but also 33 targets, 28 catches, efficient in the passing game, 6.5 yards per target is above average for a running back. Uh, I'm sure his yards per out run were solid. I don't have that in front of me, uh, but Pat, maybe you do. He would. I'll pull it up. But he was solid. He was more than two yards per target better than Najee Harris in the passing game, which I don't think you can make as much of a you know third down back. I, I think does is still a. Uh, an efficiency boost as well because you, you get some of those underneath throws on like third and twelfth. But anyway, yeah, one point more than a yard per out run. Totally, uh, one point two four is a, a very solid number. Solid <clears> number the other thing about him right. as a re- receiver is that he was running back six in open score, and uh, he was oh, nice. rated number two in the overall receiver ratings using the player tracking data, uh, ESPN's metrics. So Christian McCaffrey was was number one, and then he. Warren was tied with Austin Eckler for number two in their mm-hmm. receiver ratings, which I mean, you know, it's nice to see when if the bet is this guy's going to establish himself through talent because the guy ahead of him is not good. And it's now the third year of his career and the team is going to be open to the fact that he's not good. You really do want to see the guy you're betting on flash, you know, right. some, some the efficiency, some impressive yeah. stuff. Yeah. And, and, and he, he already he clearly did. And then the other thing I was thinking as I was like, can I talk you guys into it? It's just looking that we, we do have Deontay. I know I talked you guys into that pick too, but now I want to leverage it for this pick. But basically <laughs> you're, you're already kind of telling yourself a story that the, the Steelers passing game is decent, that Kenny Pickett is throwing a lot, dropping back a lot. A Najee Harris injury, I think is a very correlated thing for both Deontay and Jalen Warren's upside or Najee Harris being so bad that the team kind of moves away from making him a focus. If Najee Harris is good this year and they run the ball a lot and they become more of a run-heavy offense, that's obviously bad for Deontay. It's bad for Jalen Warren. But it is yeah. there's there's some correlation there, I think. Well, I mean the thing the thing that's nice about Warren, and I do think you could argue Charbonnet offers this too, although he's injured right now, is that you have three outs to hitting right you have well actually this is where i would say warren actually has an easier out because jalen warren has the he could just outplay the incumbent and earn that job outright i think it's gonna be very hard for charbonnet to just fully displace 
what Charbonnet yeah. or what Walker does as a rusher. I actually, I like Charbonnet more as a best ball pick because part of it is that I think he's going to get. I mean, they've talked about him getting work in the two and four minute offenses. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just looking at Adam Levitan said they still have Charbonnet projected as, as a week one a start. You know, not start, but playing being active for week one even with the shoulder injury, and was noting that the role for him looks to be in kind of the two and four minute offense. And I think the goal line role you're, you're hoping Charbonnet is taking over, but I don't know. You're hoping he racks up some catches in some hard to predict pass heavy scripts, uh, you know, and potentially in, while trailing with not that much time left, it's not super predictable week to week. And then, you know, he gets in the end zone, which to me just seems like a little bit easier to have on a best ball roster where Warren, I mean, the chances that he actually just displaces Najee are probably not great, but they're not zero. I mean, it, it probably takes Najee being banged up and then Warren looking awesome. And then, you know, maybe it's a little pollardy where he never like fully displaces him, but he gets enough work to matter. And I think we, we could feel better about putting Warren in our lineup. Like I can, I think I can imagine that pretty easily. Yeah. I'm I'm certainly on board with that. I, I think he's definitely firmly in the conversation with these guys. It's a bummer that we're drafting when Charbonnet has this kind of injury risk looming because I think without it, I think he is yeah, kind of yeah. the clear pick here. But without it, I I don't think it's clear. Right, I agree. Where does Foreman go in this? Quite a bit later, it looks like by ADP. That's part of my Herbert thing again. Is yeah. like I feel like we can make that bet later. Because one fifty eight. Yeah. yeah. That's a big I mean, that's difference. actually the turn after that's the 13 14. That's the 13th. Yeah. 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 If somehow I, I he fell like all the it. way there, he might not, but if somehow he did, he would feel like a snap pick that you wouldn't want to make because you'd already have Herbert. But we might take them both at that point, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think, like what? We do expect Warren to have some standalone value out of the gate, right? That he might be able to catch a few balls pick up 20 to 30 yards rushing, even if Najee's getting, you know, 15 plus touches. I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't think it's going to be great, but he, you know, who he kind of might be, he might be Khalil Herbert (laughs) from last year with a little bit more receiving uh, ability. Because if we can get a guy that. that we can start, right. And we're not taking zeros, but that also then offers the contingent upside and the chance to usurp, the guy in front of him that's a nice profile to have at this this range right when we fast forward to you know september 9th or whatever the date is we're gonna feel a hell of a lot better putting herbert in our lineup than jalen warren i feel pretty confident about that it provided mm-hmm. that not yeah. just healthy like it's easy to say like oh he'll have some standalone but we're gonna feel like jesus are we really starting jalen warren yeah so I don't want to oversell that that part of it. In week one, we're not going to feel like he has much standalone value. But, but maybe he earns that over time. Do you think that you would feel better about Herbert than Deontay Foreman in week one? If you yeah. do, then let's take Herbert. I'm, I in guess week I'm, one, I'm I would. That. Okay. I'm in week one, I would. But I could okay. see by week three being like, oh, I want just because he's the incumbent and he's been in the offense and exactly, all those I know yeah. I know he knows the offense. I know he's efficient in the offense. I know they think yeah. he's good. Maybe they don't think he's great, but and Warren does go one twenty seven. Like he might make it back to one thirty two. I kind of doubt it, but it's possible. I suppose I really doubt it. I doubt it too. Yeah, I doubt it too. Yeah, there's some all there's right. some pretty running back heavy drafters in this room. 
I'm I'm very much on on board um, with the we'll with it. the pick. And he gives us a very compelling third option beyond Charbonnet, Herbert, and because. I mean, Brian Robinson would be the guy where you're like, well, we know we're getting some touches, but like, I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> He's so boring. He's very boring. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I got to wrap this up, but uh, I do think this tier is just flat enough. And really the big hope is that like another one of these guys, you know, looking at the top of the queue, these top 12 to 15 guys comes back, right? Like that's, that's kind of the hope is that we get to grab a few guys from this tier. And right now mm, we're just yeah. basically having to take our preferred guy of these just yeah. looking at this sorry but just just looking at it, like who is the best running back on this list like when you look at this list who can you say is the best running back on their team hmm. Jalen Warren Jalen Warren's like the only guy on the list where I'd be like he I think pretty clearly the best running back on his team it's like really the only one I mean Khalil Herbert probably but it's not sure certain not so clear. Yeah, that's, yeah that's it yeah Yep. Um, all right, dudes. Another mini sode in the book here. We do uh get our first tight end, Greg Dolchich. Looks like we are dialing up uh Jalen Warren here in the tenth round after a, a fun winding conversation. And uh we will see what comes back to us here at 1002. And next time we talk to you guys, we'll be on the clock in the eleventh round. If you're listening to the audio version of this and you guys want early access to the videos you can become a youtube member over on ship chasing and that also gets you access to our private discord as well appreciate you guys tuning in for pat for ben i'm pete we'll see you guys next time otc